Hi, I'm Chelsea, the Christian Nutritionist. Welcome to the Christian Health Club podcast. We are here to fire you up in spirit, mind, and body so that you can get out into the world and be everything God created you to be. Welcome to the club. Here we go. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to the club. How are you today? I am so pumped for my guest who is on today. You know him. He is the founder of the world's number one most visited natural health website, DrAxe.com. He is the best-selling author of several books. He is the co-founder of Ancient Nutrition Supplement Company, and he appears regularly on the Dr. Oz show. And I remember many years ago downloading one of his free eBooks called The King's Medicine Cabinet. And I was new to essential oils, and it was also during that time I was struggling with the courage to call myself the Christian nutritionist. So not only was I incredibly intrigued by this essential oil guide, but I was deeply encouraged and inspired by this doctor who boldly honored and credited our creator for his generous provision. And it was part of the spark I needed to step more fully into I felt who God was calling me to be. And I'm grateful that I have the opportunity to thank Dr. Josh Axe for that in person today, for sharing his faith so boldly so that I had more courage to share mine. And what is so very cool is that today we're talking about his new book, Ancient Remedies, which is this incredible compilation of holistic prescriptions, basically. It's all about how to heal with herbs, essential oils, CBD, and traditional medicinal practices. It is an amazing resource that incorporates the very best of ancient healing traditions from around the world and is full of direct and specific advice, which I really love. It's real specific um, on how to holistically approach some of the most common health conditions that we face. It's stepping deeper into the world of God's full provision. And it's so my jam, and I know it will be yours too. And I'm honored to have Dr. Axe here to talk about it today. Welcome, Dr. Josh Axe, to the Christian Health Club podcast. Hey, Chelsea. Thanks for having me. It's uh, great to be here. Well, first and foremost, I do want to thank you for living your faith in your work because it opened a door in my heart to do the same. And so I just want to ask you how that kind of came together for you. Um, was it always like that from the very beginning? Uh, you're saying how, how I got into natural medicine? Well, and just incorporating your faith and oh, bringing that in. Yeah, yeah, bringing your faith into, yeah. I mean, it really goes together, but how did that, was that just a, a natural way to it, bring it together for you? It was. I mean, for me, I, I've always uh, had had a, no, I, I shouldn't say always, I developed a really close relationship with God uh, you know, in college. And so for me, just that really drove me to do everything I do. I really believe we're called to do quite a few things, but I think three big things I really focus on is I'm really called to love God. I'm called to love people. And I believe I'm, I'm supposed to make a earth like heaven, like bring heaven to earth. And so I focus on those things. And so that, that purpose within me sort of drives everything I do. It drove me 
uh, opening up a functional medicine clinic. It, uh, it drove me to start DrAx.com to help teach people how to use food as medicine. It drove me to start the nutrition company I co-founded with Jordan Rubin called Ancient Nutrition, where we create, create you know, superfoods and supplements for people to take. And so all that being said, yeah, I mean, I just, I really believe that we, we live in a world where people are craving for authenticity. I think that, you know, I, I, I've never been one to, here's the thing, I, and I never try and preach to anybody. What I always try and do is I try and be a model for, listen, if somebody has depression, more often than not, now nutrition can play a big role, but the biggest role tends to be somebody doesn't have purpose in their life. So, uh, a lot of times people are self-focused. And so all that being said, if I'm also practicing as a physician, ancient forms of medicine, which are taught in the Bible, one of the things ancient physicians always looked at Chelsea is they always looked at the emotional root cause. So I always focus on the root cause of disease. And let me give you an example of something like adrenal fatigue. A lot of people have adrenal fatigue today or hypothyroidism is often related to adrenal issues. <clears throat> that being said, the root cause of that from a nutritional perspective is, hey, you're not getting enough adaptogenic herbs, you're not getting enough, you're eating too much sugar, you're not getting enough nutrient-dense foods rich in B vitamins like, you know, blueberries and and wild caught salmon and that sort of thing. And, but emotionally, if you are uh, have adrenal fatigue, it's the emotion of fear. So it could be fear of failure, fear of disappointing the people you love, like all of those sort of emotions, different emotions cause disease in certain organs. But if I'm a doctor and trying to say, or hey, a health, or whether it's a health coach or whoever it is, if, if I know that a person, part of the reason they have hypothyroidism or adrenal fatigue, if I know that, hey, 50% of it is emotional, for me, I felt called to address that. And so I used to pray with my patients. I used to really encourage them to build, a, you know, develop a relationship with God, go to praise and worship nights at church and build a state of joy. Because the truth is we are the healthiest when we're living in alignment with the way God created us. And that's being deeply connected to him, deeply connecting and loving others and making heaven more like earth. So anyways, all that being said, yeah, I mean, for most of my career, I've been very outspoken about my faith. Mm -hmm. It's it's I think it's becoming more and more well known that to be truly healthy, we have to be healthy in spirit, mind and body and integrate um, all of that. And so you address all of this in your book. And, you know, one of the words that came to mind as I was reading your book was the word generous, because you give so much helpful information. And what's cool is that what you're doing is exposing us to the generosity of our creator of his great provision of healing compounds. Um, and it, it just makes sense because I just feel like, you know, God, the creator of our bodies is not going to make us and then be like, good luck out there. <laughs> you know, I uh, hope you can take care of yourself. Um, he gives us all of these wonderful compounds in nature and you share so many in the book. So I'd like to ask you, what are some of your favorite go-tos or ones you're most excited about and that's probably like asking you to pick your favorite child but just some of the more some of the more natural compounds that you use regularly or that you're excited about uh, maybe something more new you've discovered anything like that wow that is a hard question because <laughs> <clears throat> there are a lot of different things let me go into my favorites for some different common conditions or okay or, or things in the health realm so let's start with uh in, in the age we're in today let's start with immunity okay 
supporting our immune system is really so important. In fact, here's something that's surprising that people don't realize. A lot of times we think, oh, if I take a chemical drug or you have an herb, it kills a virus. Some do. But what really the best way to protect yourself is to strengthen your own immune system, strengthen your organ systems and your own body can kill off a virus, a bad bacteria, bacteria, a parasite. And so we want to strengthen our immune systems. One of the most popular herb used in ancient Asian medicines in areas like Japan today, like Okinawa, is an herb called uh, uh, astragalus. Astragalus is a great natural immune booster to prevent getting sick. It's also great for healing a condition called leaky gut syndrome, but that's one of my favorite immune boosting herbs. Two others I really like, elderberry and echinacea. Elderberry is another immune uh, support, and then echinacea really strengthens your lungs, and so and also has antiviral properties, which is great. So those are some of my favorites for the immune system. And the nutrients are important there as well, specifically vitamin D, zinc, and vitamin C. In terms of hormonal health, I think a lot of people uh, are dealing with hormonal issues. And so, you know, if we're talking about conditions like PCOS or infertility, I really like Vitex. It's an herb that is especially good for premenopausal women uh, looking to support their fertility, balance hormones naturally. So Vitex is great. For PCOS, balancing insulin is important. So cinnamon is very, very good. And actually cinnamon is probably the number one herb also for blood sugar issues like diabetes. So that's good for men struggling with issues like low testosterone. And you'll notice a male has low testosterone typically when there's kind of like just not as... Uh, um, motivated, motivated as they used to be. Maybe they just um, are less active. They're just they're they're losing some of that sort of like umph. And so that being said, for men, I really think if they're over the age of fifty, ginseng is very very good along with fenugreek. And for men under fifty, uh, ashwagandha is the best. And with ashwagandha, that's also the my number one herb for anybody struggling with adrenal fatigue or hypothyroidism. It really is probably, again, the number one herb prescribed in Ayurveda for, uh, for supporting the thyroid, which is very good for gut health. I love ginger. I mean, ginger is fantastic. It's anti-inflammatory. It's warming, helps you break down and digest foods better. So that one's good. So I would say ginger and probably astragalus are probably my two favorite herbs for gut health. And then... Um, I mean, I could keep going on and on. Let me just hit on inflammation now and cancer. Okay. And then, uh, and then uh, so for inflammation, I really like turmeric and, uh, and, and frankincense. Okay, so turmeric and frankincense are really, really good for reducing inflammation. For cancer, very similarly, those two are very good. Uh, uh, turmeric has a lot of anti-cancer compounds. Another good one for cancer, those uh, medicinal mushrooms like reishi mushroom, has all kinds of anti-cancer properties. And so I could go on and on and on, but those are some of the ones I think for those specific conditions that are, that are most beneficial. And what I love, and so I want to assure everybody that this is all in the book. And what is neat is you can literally in the book, look up, like if you're like, oh, I have uh, migraines, you know, and so you can go to that part. It's in alphabetical order, look up migraines. And then you have there for all of these different conditions, foods that are, you know, you should avoid, foods to heal, so, and, and then supplements and, and oil. So for instance, like with migraines, you would, you said, you know, foods that harm would be gluten, caffeine, alcohol, foods that heal would be leafy greens, berries, eggs, and then um, for some supplemental support, fever, few, butter, burr, CBD oil, magnesium, 
um, and then lavender and peppermint oil. And so for each condition, it is like that. And it's, you know, for allergies, for acne, um, just you name it. If you can think of the condition, it's in there and you give really specific advice about it, which is um, what I really appreciate. It's just an amazing resource. Um, you know, you know, one of the things I wanted to do, Chelsea, is too, is I mean, you know, I think a lot of times people buy books and then they don't use them again, you know, because they read the material and it was, you know, added value to them. But I wanted to create a book too that, hey, you read the book and I, I, I believe people are going to be really surprised at the information in there because a lot of times you read books and you're like, I kind of kind of heard this before. There's a lot of new information in there that really on how to practice these ancient forms of medicine and that sort of thing. So, but the other thing is it is a reference guide. So as you said, yes. if you've got hypothyroidism, I go through, through the exact, the root cause, then I go through the foods to remove, the foods to eat. I go through the top five supplements and the dosage. I go through the top essential oils and the top lifestyle tips for you know every condition from you know ADHD to uh, autism to um, you know infertility to Alzheimer's to cancer to all you know autoimmune disease all those things so anyways you know I, I in fact I'm using it right now as a reference guy I use it on a regular basis I know I wrote it on occasion I'm like oh what was the fifth one anyways so, yeah, yeah <laughs> it's a lot to it's a lot of information to have to keep all in your head so yes it's a great resource guide that you could keep on the shelf and, and absolutely just and keep it close to your your supplement or your medicine cabinet make it your medicine cabinet um it's it is really helpful i love how you include um some of the the ancient superfoods like bone broth and organ meats and you said you're a, you're a fan of liver capsules which i was glad to hear because i am am too um herbs and spices mushrooms berries um, Trifala, or is it Trifala? How do you Trifala. say that? Mm -hmm. Trifala. Okay, and you like that for for the bowels, correct? Yeah, it's it's actually great. That's another Ayurveda. It's a three berry blend that's very good, especially if so, if somebody's struggling with constipation. Trifala is, is one of the best. Mm -hmm. Goji berries was one, and you said in in there that you add that powder to your smoothies. Um, vegetables, seaweed, and super greens. Those are some of the the ancient superfoods that that you list in there. Um, I was really intrigued by, and I didn't realize this was such a, a part of your practice, um, is traditional Chinese medicine. Yeah. How, did, how did that, how did that, how did you learn that? Why did that come into your realm of practice? Yeah, well, it actually had everything to do with a health crisis in my family, and that was my mom being diagnosed with cancer. So, uh, you know, growing up, um, my family knew nothing about natural health. Uh, I went to a Christian school, by the way. My mom was my uh, gym teacher at the Christian school I went to in elementary school. My mom was a swim instructor. My mom was very fit, but at 41 years old, she was diagnosed with cancer, which was crazy for our family um, because she looked so healthy. Uh, so she went through all the traditional medical treatments, had a mastectomy, went through rounds and rounds of chemotherapy. And I still remember her losing her hair and how sick she got. And all that being said, she was eventually diagnosed as being cancer-free and healthy, but the crazy thing was she, uh, after going through all the treatments, it seemed like she had more health problems than ever before. She got put on antidepressants, anti-anxiety drugs, thyroid medication. I just was very sick. And this went on for 13 years. Finally, I was about to open up my functional medicine clinic in Nashville, Tennessee, 
And I got a call from my mom just in tears saying, Josh, I've been diagnosed with cancer again. What do I do? I said, Mom, I'll be home. I flew home. We prayed together. And we really felt led by the Lord to take care of her all naturally. And during that time when I was doing research and finding, okay, how do, how do I help my mom heal? I was talking to some of the best doctors in the world. And I was reading up on things. And I started doing research online like, what are the best ancient remedies or natural remedies to fight cancer, the best diets? And I started coming across all of these things that were used in China, like uh, um, astragalus and reishi mushroom. And um, in fact, turmeric was used, ginger, you know, all these things had anti-cancer properties and green tea extract. That's what they use in Japan today, you know, things like matcha. And so, and so I put this program together for my mom of juicing vegetables, of eating a lot of uh, nutrient-dense foods, blueberries, wild-caught salmon, bone broth. And she started using essential oils like frankincense and myrrh, doing the herbs I talked about. And four months later, went back to her oncologist. We redid a CT scan and the tumors had shrunk in half, went back nine months later in complete remission. Today, my mom's in her late 60s. She's in the best shape of her life. She, she can water ski. She runs. She's, again, about as fit as, fit as anybody in her late 60s as I know. I do all that to, to say because you asked a question is, like, how do I get turned on to these ancient forms of medicine or ancient Chinese medicine? It was actually through researching r r really what we had to do to help save my mom's life, really. And so, and I believe through prayer, I was asking the Lord, Lord, would you lead me to ways to support my mom in healing? And so I came across this information. What's really interesting from a Christian perspective, sometimes, uh, Chelsea, people get worried about the roots of different, um, you know, forms of medicine, whether it be Ayurveda or Chinese medicine or Greek medicine or whatever it is. And I'll just share this. You know, I, I believe that the medicine that's practiced in uh, areas like Japan today and certain other areas of Asia or China is actually more in line with uh, really biblical medicine than the Western medicine we are practicing today. If you think about it, Western medicine today, it's take a synthetic drug. Nothing's from nature. Take a synthetic drug and rely on that for your healing versus more of these forms of ancient medicine like is practiced uh, like the early not in, in this isn't even necessarily the same medicine when i say chinese medicine it's not even what they necessarily practice in china today it's more so this was ancient asia japan all these different areas and um, this form of medicine they're using nutrition they're saying lifestyle they're saying you've got to reduce stress they're saying hey you need to you know um anyways all that being said i Here's another thing that's interesting. There's a Bible verse in the Bible. My, my business partner, Jordan Rubin, was on a mission trip filming with TBN in Israel. And, um, and, and he met a, uh, a rabbi over there he was, had a conversation with. At the same time, I was meeting with somebody, a, a Jewish man here, an uh, incredible uh, a, a Jewish physician who, what, who grew up in Israel, was in the Israeli military. And he shared with me a story. He said, hey, there's a verse in the Old Testament that says, and Abraham sent his wife Katara and their sons east with gifts. Katara actually means incense, incense as you'd use in frankincense and myrrh and different oils and herbs and that sort of thing. And so actually, when you look through ancient Chinese medicine, when they go through things like we hear words like yin and yang, and we're like, whoa, that sounds new age or out there. No, it's not. It's just a different language. Yin essentially means more of your um, female hormones and yang is more of your male hormones like testosterone. So it's literally just a different language. And essentially it mirrors the book of Genesis that talks about night and day, male and female, earth and water, 
sky, you know, like heaven and earth, like this sort of thing. And so really what these uh, rabbis shared with us is they believe that the roots of ancient, um, the, the, those forms of ancient medicine were actually given from uh, Abraham to his descendants. And actually he taught them how, you know, these principles of healing through anyways, all that being said, that's, that's what a lot of rabbis do. So all that being said, you know, I got turned into Asian medicine through all, all the stuff I'm sharing with you. And it just is so in a light. And also I saw the best results here. I started using this in my functional medicine practice that I no longer run, but when I did, and again, this is what helped my mom beat cancer. Um, it's what helped thousands of patients reverse things like type two diabetes and autoimmune disease and chronic pain. And so anyways, the, the biggest reason today is also that it's the most effective form of medicine out there today. Well, you have a, a section in your book that describes all of this and describes something called the five elements, which you call the original form of personalized medicine. And so you have this quiz in the book that helps people figure out their ancient element, if it's fire, earth, water, wood, or metal. And then you have suggested foods and practices for each element. So I took the quiz, um, and I'm water, okay, and so um, my, you have all... Well, let me tell so, you something interesting quick. My, yes, my wife's do. name is Chelsea, and she is also a water element, according to Chinese medicine. Oh, interesting. Um, well, it's funny, you know, so you have like the, the personality characteristics, the foods, the correlating organ systems. Um, so go into a little bit more about the five elements and what that means for people. Yeah, so essentially the five elements was the first personality profile, right? So we've all, probably most of us listening to this have either taken uh, the Enneagram quiz or a DISC profile or Myers-Briggs or any of those. And you, it, and it's, it's amazing how accurate it is, isn't it? Like when I read mine, yes. my wife reads hers and our whole family, we're like, wow, this is, this is how I'm wired. And, and so anyways, Chinese medicine did this 3,000 years ago. And they also said, okay, based on this personality is also based, it's actually also going to determine some of the foods you might tolerate better or do better with, and also some of the supplements and also some of your emotional tendencies. And so anyways, it is sort of like, um, so anyways, it does that, but it kind of puts people in these five categories and it really can be more than that. Sometimes they, they even say there's two within each, so there's 10, but anyways, there's typically five. And, and so there's, um, uh, you know, earth and water and wood and fire and metal. And basically here's how this works. So, so, um, I can tell what element somebody is based off their physical appearance and the emotions they experience. So like, for instance, I'm a wood element. And if you look at my body type, I'm very, I'm like a tree, right? Roots of a tree. Like you'll see my veins. I'm very, uh, you know, lanky, like, like lo longer limbs and body parts, taller, thinner, that sort of thing. So that's how I look. Um, whereas an earth element is more round. They put on weight a little bit more easily, but they've got really strong legs. And, uh, and so anyways, sometimes a little bit bigger feature, like more full lips and more round features, that sort of thing. So anyways, you can tell based on these different, um, uh, you know, the appearance of people and emotionally. So when people come into conflict, we all have tendencies for different emotions, right? If you have kids, anybody listening to this, or you just know people in general, and some people come into conflict, they worry. Some people have fear. Some people get angry. Some people, you know, have uh, get depressed about a situation. And so everybody responds differently. 
What's really interesting in in absolute fact about this is all these ancient forms of medicine is is that different emotions cause disease in different organs. We tend to think, oh, it's all genetic or it's random chance. No, if you what determines if because why does one person get breast cancer on a left breast and another person on the right side? What is one person? If they get cancer, get prostate or lung or wherever, or what does one person get autoimmune disease and another person comes down with hypothyroidism? Like, what's the difference there? Some of it's diet, a little bit genetics, but the biggest determining factor, according to ancient Chinese medicine, I would even say most likely, I think the Bible is in complete alignment with this, is the emotions you experience. So let me give you an example of this. We all know this is fact. If you have a lot of fear, it puts your body in a fight or flight state and that wears out your adrenal glands, okay? Also, if a child gets really scared at night, uh, it can cause them to wet the bed. Why? Because the emotion of fear causes, over time, if it's too much, causes dysfunction and disease in the kidneys, the adrenals, and reproductive organs. Worry. What do you say if somebody worries a lot? Oh, I feel like my t stomach is tied in knots, or you can upset stomach if you worry. We know the emotion of worry affects your upper digestive system. Uh, the emotion of anxiety. What happens if you have a lot of nervousness or anxiety? Your blood pressure goes up, okay? Anger affects the liver. Um, and then grief, which is, which is a sense of loss. If you've lo lost a loved one or you've been through, let's say something like a divorce that was really difficult or you had something happen to you in the past, a trauma, and you haven't forgiven the person yet and you're still living in the past, that affects your immune system, which is your lungs and colon. In fact, that's the biggest cause, root cause of most autoimmune disease or unforgiveness. So your body starts building up disease in those organs based on those emotions. And the Bible even talks about, you know, I'm thinking about Proverbs where it talks about, you know, uh, essentially, you know, how laughter is, is good medicine and, and joy is actually good for your, you know, um, good for your bones. And so anyways, mm -hmm. it's... Uh, I think it's an important thing to consider. A lot of us focus on healing with just taking a drug, which never heals you or, hey, better yet, nutrition. But emotional healing, I would say, and then that spiritual healing is more important than nutrition. It's the most important thing we can do. Wow. I, you know, I had heard that grief was associated with the lungs. And I know there have been yep. people, even celebrities that have, you know, died of lung cancer. And I thought, wow, you know, you... And, and, you know, you, the first thing you think of somebody with lung cancer is, oh, did they smoke, you know? Um, and there's so many people that don't smoke that die of lung cancer. And, and so that has always been in the back of my mind, you know, that, that thought of the grief. It's like the grief lodged there in a way that just can't be cleared. Um, yep, exactly. So that, yeah, that's very interesting. Well, with each, um, so with each element, once somebody figures out their element, they can look in the book and you suggest you have seven day eating plans to help bring each element and its correlating organ systems into balance. And so just for example, like an, an example day of what would be suggested for water element, like a breakfast of mushroom and kale frittata, a lunch of chicken thighs and rice noodles with miso pesto. Um, and then a salmon with roasted veggies, and which is, sounds delicious. And all the recipes are in the back of the book. And one of the eating plans that you have that correlates to the wood element and promotes healthy detoxification and support for the liver, I thought would be a great um, option for like a standalone liver detox. Would you say that would work for somebody if they were just looking for to go in and support their liver, that that might be something they could do? Yep. For, yeah, okay. for sure. Yep, absolutely. That's what I was thinking. That would be good. Um, so, so yeah. So in the book, it goes into all of the different elements 
and you also have the uh, the tongue mapping, the face mapping. I mean, all of this stuff is so fascinating to me. Um, and how who was the first person that correlated these different parts, these different features of the face and the tongue with the, the different parts of the body? I just think that is um, really interesting and in how you can look at somebody's face, I guess, if you were well versed in this and, and, and see where they might have inflammation in the body by looking at their face or their tongue, correct? Yeah. So, you know, in fact, I was doing a call with one of my team members last night and she was having some health struggles. And so I just said, Hey, send me a picture of your tongue. And, <laughs> um, and in fact, I did the same thing with a couple pastors that are down in Florida here and I was working with them. And so like, for instance, if somebody has ridges on the side of their tongue, like that almost look like bite marks, that's called, uh, that's actually your liver is overburdened. Okay. It could be toxicity. It could be, you have a lot of frustration and impatience going on and, and that's affecting your, but that's going to affect your detoxification, fat digestion. If somebody has a white coating on their tongue, we call that candida today or yeast overgrowth. And it is, but in ancient medicine, it was called a dampness. So there's a lot of dampness in your system. And so that could be mucus. It could be phlegm, like bronchitis or like a cold, or also it can be candida. And that dampness will really inhibit nutrient, absor nutrient absorption. So that means that person's not absorbing nutrients and that um you know essentially they have a condition also probably it would probably lead to leaky gut over time if somebody has a red tip on their tongue it's indicative of, of um not sleeping enough and having a, a discontent in one's heart but having an unhealthy cardiovascular system the back of the tongue if there's a thick coating that's adrenal fatigue so anyways yeah i can look at somebody's tongue or their face and you can also tell hey why does somebody get redness in one area and not another um and so you can kind of tell also based on where somebody's getting their wrinkles or whatever else, sort of what area of the, so for instance, right under your eyes, this is one we're probably most familiar with, but directly under your eyes is your kidney and adrenal, right? So if somebody has dark circles under their eyes, mm -hmm. you know they've got some adrenal fatigue and their kidneys are overburdened there. Um, if somebody has is getting acne on their temples, like that sort of lateral part of their eye, that's a gallbladder issue. And so anyways, yeah, you can t t tell a lot just by looking at their face or, or somebody's tongue. Yeah, that's really fascinating. Um, you have a chapter on cannabis and you call it the forbidden herb. And it is becoming, I think, more well-known, well-accepted. Um, I think it's interesting that and kind of the way, what you point out is that, you know, people are, would, are more trained, I guess, to rely on these pharmaceuticals, these synthetic medications, and, and are maybe more hesitant or scared to embrace something that is not, you know, that God, a God-given herb plant on the earth. So what, what do you find or what have you found with the CBD and its healing properties for people? Yeah, so here's one thing we need to, I think everybody needs to recognize too, is that sometimes like people get too traditional in mentality and think it's bad, it's good. If it was bad, then it will never be good now. So here's the thing to, to realize is like the Declaration of Independence was written on hemp. Uh, hemp, <laughs> hemp slash cannabis is referenced in uh, a Chinese med medicine textbook that's over 2,000 years old. And so here's the thing. What's happening is people have abused it badly. You know, and I would put in the same category as alcohol, quite frankly. I mean, sure. I think, you know, but both of them have to a degree hallucinogenic effects on the brain. That's how they act. And so there's but but, but here's the thing to note. Um, cannabis has two main compounds, THC and CBD. 
THC is what causes that hallucinogenic effect, okay? That is something that medicinally, and this is my medical professional opinion, THC, um, if prescribed by a medical doctor, uh, would be beneficial for somebody to take if they have serious chronic pain. And that's pretty much the only condition that I think is beneficial at prescribing it for. Maybe there's a few other sort of borderline there, but for the most part, because here's why. THC has a side effect, and that is that it wears out your adrenal glands. So if somebody is using that, like for instance, and, and here's the, the other, I would say that the other benefit of using that compound that's prescribed by a medical professional is that it's a good replacement for opioid drugs, okay? Opioid drugs today and, uh, and some of the, seri- the painkillers out there, they are much more destructive and hard on the body. They damage the liver, they damage the gastrointestinal tract, and they damage your cells that increase your risk of major, major issues. And some of them are even damaging your heart. So that being said, the organ system, though, that THC is hard on is your adrenals. And that's why if somebody smokes marijuana, what starts to happen is they lose motivation. Because that adrenal gland, if you don't have energy, if you feel kind of like you have no strength anymore, it also actually depletes your sperm count in men dramatically. So all that being, it damages your fertility. So there are side effects to that. And that's why I do not recommend that unless you have serious chronic pain, only using it for a short period of time that you've been prescribed by a physician. And maybe for issues like major, major anxiety and in replacement of a anti-anxiety drug, that would be another one, but that's about it. Outside of that, here's the thing, CBD, that compound is more similar to lavender essential oil or roaming chamomile or those herbs. It's known as being a yin tonic in Chinese medicine, which most flowers are. It comes from a bud, a flower of the hemp plant. And so it's going to be very calming and relaxing. In fact, of all the things I've taken and diagnosed and, and prescribed to people, it's probably the herbal compound that has the greatest effect on getting our body out of a sympathetic state. A lot of us live in this fight or flight mode all the time. We have stress at work, stress in life. We're looking at blue light on our phone, our TVs, our computers. What CBD does, which is so incredible, is it helps lower your paras- your sy- sympathetic system, and it helps get your body in a state of relaxation to where your digestive system is working better, your hormones are more balanced, and here's the other big thing, it reduces inflammation. It's one of the most anti-inflammatory compounds on the planet. So I like CBD if people have these health goals. One, they wanna sleep better at night, that's the number one thing it's beneficial for, is better sleep. Number two is reducing inflammation and helping your joint pain. And probably number three and four would be supporting hormonal health via the adrenals, and then also supporting digestive issues if your digestive issues tend to be somewhat stress-related. And so, but it's important to, to remember, these are two completely different compounds. Don't villainize one compound CBD because THC, people have abused it, and that has a completely different set of effects on the body. So anyways, I am a big fan of of a CBD because of, you know, a lot of people live in a fight or flight state and it's probably the most effective herb of all time uh, or compound of helping get people out of that state. So for, okay. So for CBD oil, you would take that, um, you would take it orally, correct? That's Um, right. You can do a few drops under your tongue. I mean, typically somebody's going to take between 10 and 50 milligrams a day. Okay. Yeah. You give, um, you give specific dosages in the, in the book for specific, um, conditions, just like general wellness. So with that, I mean, is it something you could safely take 
every day? Is it something you'd want to pulse, like <laughs> kind of go off every once in a while? Or what, how would you d recommend yeah, that? I, yeah, I think for most people, I mean, it's one of those things that I think you could take for a long period of time. Now, do I recommend taking it every day for two years? No. I mean, there, there aren't many herbs I do. I mean, turmeric is probably one you can do that with and a few others. But, but I think it's one to do, hey, you could do it. Hey, let's say you're not, you've had a rough time sleeping or you need to get better sleep take it for a few days or take it for a few months. So I do think you could take it for many months in a row and it's completely safe and effective. And generally speaking, it's uh, you can take it for, for, for long term. If somebody was wanting to use it for digestive, that's, that's really good to know because that is something I talk about a lot here is needing to be in that parasympathetic state. And I'm always like telling people, you need, you've got to sit down when you eat, you have to mm -hmm. sit down and you've got to relax. And I think it's a, a lovely way to just start bringing ourselves in that parasympathetic state is to, you know, thank God for our food. Um, but could you, how would you time that? If you wanted to promote better digestion, would you take that like 30 minutes before or what, how would you no, use it? That, that's not how you'd take it. You'd actually take it when you're feeling stressed, I think for digestive okay. system, you know, like, hey, this is the part of the day you're hustling, you're trying to do too much, you're like wired, or maybe you just got home from work and you're like, okay, I need to calm myself down and just kind of relieve that stress. Or sometimes it's middle of the day. So I really think it depends on the person. I think you take it when you know that you're sort of in this fight or flight state. Okay, so you wouldn't take it specifically at around an eating time or something like that. No, no, not as much. I mean, I think there are other herbals I would. I do think ginger is more warming. That will support digestion. So ginger would absolutely work in that way. But CBD, yeah, yeah, not not as much. Okay, or maybe maybe using something like an essential oil. Um, I have heard, and maybe you can confirm this or not, is maybe using an essential oil on the vagus nerve. I mean, would something like that sure. help bring yeah, somebody yeah. into a more parasympathetic state? Yeah, it would. And I'm not saying that you can't do so if you're really worked up before a meal, taking CBD 45 minutes before a meal about would actually be a good thing. I'm just saying it doesn't have to be taken. Then that's not like necessarily the ideal time. But if the okay. time you're most stressed during the day and you're trying to come down from that is about 45 minutes before a meal, then then it makes total sense there. Um, but I would like something like if we're trying to get your digestive system and we're talking about an essential oil, I really like something like Roman chamomile. I mean, chamomile is actually good for the digestive system and it's really calming. So that'd be a great one to use up around your, you know, your, like you just said, your sympathetic nerve, that sort of upper neck area, sort of where your jawline is would be, would be great. What is your stance on ingesting essential oils? Yeah. So, so here, here's my take is it, that's a, that's a tough question because it really depends on the essential oil. Here's, here's what I'll say. According to the medical research, most of the studies done is where you're using a 60 milligram dose. A 60 milligram dose is the equivalent of one to two drops of an essential oil in most cases. So lavender oil, there are clinical studies showing lavender essential oil can improve insomnia, high blood pressure, uh, post-traumatic stress disorder, and other conditions. Um, and in those studies, they used 60 milligrams, so one to two drops in a capsule, or and, and they took it and they saw improvement. Um, and so I think that certain oils, like oils that are that come from like um, plants that you would eat, like rosemary and ginger and thyme and turmeric, you know, doing a drop, cinnamon is another one, doing one drop of those internally makes sense okay because i'll give an example 
the equivalent of one drop of cinnamon oil is the equivalent of that is probably about an eighth of a teaspoon or maybe a, yeah, more like a quarter of a teaspoon of cinnamon powder. It, it's completely uh, logical to use that much cinnamon in a smoothie, right? Sure. In the exact amount of cinnamaldehyde, which is in both of those, that, that active ingredient. So all that being said, I think people overthink this and trying to get, I mean, because here's the deal. Everybody wants a co cookie cutter answer. Are they good internally? Are they not? You just... You can't answer it like that. And I think it depends on the person. One of the things I've heard people talk about is, oh, certain oils or certain supplements or foods have, you know, more estrogenic properties and they may support your estrogen raising. That's true with a lot of foods, a lot of herbs, a lot of supplements. In Chinese medicine, those are called yin. Okay, they affect your yin, where yang is more you're going to affect testosterone. Okay, so different ones are going to affect the body differently. What I would just say, you can easily... I don't know. If you know you have too high of estrogen, you probably don't want to do fl any flower essential oils internally. So lavenders mm. and geraniums and ylang-ylang, like you wouldn't want to do those internally. But um, if you have, so sorry, I, I, I could go on for an hour about this. <laughs> no, but, sorry. I but, didn't mean to open a can of worms, but, but, but it's but, a hard one to answer. Yeah, yeah, because again, here's the answer is it's not cut and dry. Follow a guy. Like I wrote a book in my new book, Ancient Remedies. I go through a lot of this and I have another book just on essential oils. And that book's called Essential Oils, Ancient Medicine, where I go through which ones are safe to take internally, which ones are the whole thing. And okay. if you just go to Amazon and search Dr. Axe Ancient Remedies and Dr. Axe uh, Essential Oils, Ancient Medicine, you'll find those two books. Those two books really will you know, tell you exactly the ones you can and the ones you can't. Yeah, you did include some in here that um, a few times of taking internally. And so I did figure it was probably okay. I just, I don't know enough about it to say one way or the other. I, I just know that, you know, somebody might use, say, something like um, peppermint oil for breath, and they do that regularly. And, I, I, you know, I've heard or read that's like drinking 40 cups of peppermint tea. And I just worry about the effect on the microbiome. I mean, I would think if you ingested something t too, too much too often that you could, uh, you know, shift that bacterial balance in a way that may not be favorable. Well, yeah, you're, you're completely correct there, Chelsea. And I think the big thing people need to remember is like more, more isn't always better. You know, I think, again, one drop of lemon oil or one drop of peppermint oil a day in your water, that's fine. But if you're using five or 10 or just a bunch of droppers all the time of different oils. Th those are, those are volatile oils, volatile oils, your liver has to deal with. So what you're going to overburden mostly is your liver and then your intestinal lining, because those are the two organ systems that have to process that. So it's not that they're good or bad. It's this too much of anything is bad. It's like, if you have, you know, one banana, you're probably gonna be fine. If you have 10 bananas every <laughs> single day, it's gonna cause a lot of mucus buildup in your body and damage your health. So anyways, it's, yeah, I think, I think you're correct. And, you know, I think sometimes we think because these are natural, we, we forget how potent and powerful they can be. Um, and so we don't want to lose that, that respect for, for, for these, the power of these plant medicines. Um, I Agreed. think we have to remember that. And so, yes, more is not always better. Um, okay. I have a few questions, like foodie questions for you. What, what do you think about, um, including wheat in the diet? Yes or no? Um, I would say for most people, no. And it's more due to the type of wheat we have today. It's been hybridized. So it's much higher in starch. 
and much higher in gliadin and gluten, which are going to cause major inflammation. So for that reason, I think the majority of people should stay away. But listen, if you're in Tuscany and you're eating einkorn wheat like from a sourdough pizza place, hey, enjoy. I think it's okay to enjoy on occasion, but I think the grains that most people tolerate best today are probably going to be rice number one, then probably oats and quinoa. I mean, those are probably some of the most gentle and easily to digest. Mm-hmm. Okay. What about soy? You know, again, I think if it's a fermented soy product like miso, that is fine. Even tempeh and natto, I mean, those can be good. But in terms of just doing so, if it says soybeans, like or soybean oil in any product or soy protein, it's bad. I mean, it's, it's talk about phytoestrogens and really throwing off your hormones. So I, I think most people should be staying away. Okay, that's uh, that's what I tell people as well. What about flax? I mean, it would it's a phytoestrogen. So do, do you, right. women need to be careful with flax? Well, it just depends. And so if if a woman is postmenopausal, flax is probably one of the best things they could eat because women that are postmenopause. So so what yin is? It's going to help bring more fluid to the body. If somebody feels dried out. Uh, like if someone has constipation, somebody feels dried out, they feel like they're aging and maybe they want to support estrogen and that even supports bone density later on in life. For those people, flaxseed is an amazing food or flax oil. If a woman already has though, like loose stools, uh, infertility issues, PCOS, and those types of conditions, then it's probably not the best oil. I, I think it's less harmful than people would think even then. But generally speaking, there are better oil options like extra virgin olive oil or a fish oil or coconut oil. Those are going to be better oil choices for somebody who is, um, you know, uh, premenopausal. And, right. And if somebody, I mean, if somebody was estrogen dominant, if they knew their their hormones were imbalanced and they were estrogen dominant, would that be something they would probably want to lay off of, correct? Yeah, yeah, and then there's quite a few things. A lot of the things that are more floral in nature, you, and then you wanna eat more foods that really support progesterone in that case. Uh, in that case. And so like thyme is an herb that supports progesterone levels. Doing more things like turmeric vitex as an herb is great for progesterone. And so if that case, if somebody knows they have those estrogen issues, look up progesterone supporting foods. And I would focus on eating some, some foods from, from whatever list you pull up there. Okay, good deal. Um, this is always a question that, and I don't have the opportunity to interview like biblical, biblical type nutritionists. So here's a question I have for you. Um, you know, in Genesis 129, we're given plant foods. In Genesis 9-3, we don't get the, the animal source foods till later, till after the, the ark and um, till 9-3. Mm -hmm. yep. And I think there are, you know, there are biblical focused nutritionists who think that, you know, we should be plant-based and, and basically live in that kind of garden of Eden type, um, style of diet. Like that was the, our original diet. Now, I don't know why God gave us animal, animal foods, but where do you stand on that? The, the plant and the animal, um, foods and the balance of that. Yeah. So I think it's important to remember pre-flood, um, people were living to be a thousand years old. You know, and so that's the other thing we know if you if you look at the research, I mean, the, the, the earth was different than now, whether all the continents were connected or not. I don't know. Um, but we do know that the biosphere. So the so the amount of oxygen we were bringing in, the amount of moisture, the amount of like th this environment was much more uh, 
allowed us to live a longer period of time, most likely. So that being said, you are living in a completely different environment, completely different. And a different environment necessitates different nutrients. And so anyways, that's just a one. That's a really important thing to consider. Another thing is nine, three, God says, Hey, eat meat. In fact, uh, God tells Paul, right? Jesus is like, uh, or tells Peter, he's like, get up and, and, you know, essentially, in fact, he even mentions blood there. And then P Peter's like, no, Lord, like, I don't want to do that. Like I'm following all the Jewish customs and everything else. And he does it anyway, when he's eating at the person's house, all that being said, like, Hey, God obviously says, Hey, you can eat meat. I mean, look at all the food laws. God says, Hey, you can eat these animals. You can't eat these. So, so listen, God, it, God doesn't say you can't eat meat. Where does it say that? So that's the first thing I would say. We know the environment's different. Um, and I can tell you from being a practitioner today, especially with childbearing, uh, you know, meat is really necessary for a lot of people. We live in a, also a very toxic world today where we need more B vitamins. Where do you get those? You get those from a lot of meat products. I will say the type of meat and the amount of meat for some people might be imbalanced. And I also want to say this, Chelsea, I think it depends on the person. I'm a big believer in personalized nutrition. I think God created every one of us in a very unique way. I think, in fact, the foods that are good for you and the foods that are good for me are probably slightly different. I think we should also be eating seasonally. So again, a lot of people want a black and white answer. I think there are people that can tolerate a vegan diet um, who have a certain body type, a certain build, certain emotional mentality that do pretty well on a vegan diet. But I think for the majority of people, I'm talking well over nine, probably 95% of people, they will do better with some form of animal product in their diet. And part of the re reason is, is that, um, we need the B vitamins. There are certain amino acids you're deficient. in. if you're not certain fatty acids are really important as well. And you know, like, like my wife, my wife, Chelsea, we have a nine month old now, her name's Arwen. And I just, man, mm. I just, you know, love her so much. And, and for her, like Chelsea, she absolutely has felt a lot better when we focused on supporting her blood, getting stronger. And we had her doing grass fed beef. We had her taking liver tablets. Uh, we had her doing actually a little bit of an herb, uh, some herbs like astragalus and beetroot juice and, and, and doing green leafy vegetables, all those things to build her blood. And she felt amazing. But the liver and grass-fed beef were the two biggest things she noticed the biggest difference with. So anyways, all that being said, I'm a big, in, in terms of why God created animals and for us to have to go through the process of having, uh, you know, have, having to eat animals and slaughter, you know what? I don't have a perfect, I could, I could actually throw out some ideas, but, you know, I don't want to take up the whole thing here with that. So all that being said, I, uh, I'm a big believer in, in eating, you know, a lot of plants but also in getting some good quality meat in our diet that we've stewarded properly that are biblically slaughtered. In fact, one thing people may not know, um, I co-own with my, uh, one of my best friends, Jordan Rubin, we co-own 5,000 acres of certified organic land, both in Tennessee and in Missouri, where we practice regenerative agriculture. We have natural springs. We have over a thousand water buffalo we raise. We mm. have yaks, we have gazelle. Uh, we have sheep, we have goats, we have chicken. And so we have a huge farm and we grow CBD plants. We grow echinacea, elderberry, uh, kiwis, all kinds of, of avocado. So we, like I'm a farmer, like we have a farm. We create all these things and we've actually seen the planet healed. Like when we bought it, it was dirt and rock. We went and followed the biblical method of, it's actually very similar in the Bible. They practice the closest area today that practices the 
farming, the farming practices in the Bible is New Zealand. They call it the ultra high density grazing method where you let animals go and sort of rotate around where they eat and they urinate and defecate on the soil. And it actually then causes grass to grow. And so like when we bought the farm, it was rock and dirt. Now it's lush, green, beautiful grass. We've actually helped heal the planet, change the environment, build the topsoil. And so anyways, I, like I love animals. They're near and dear to my heart. We raise them. We care for them. We, we, we follow the biblical me methods of, of uh, animal slaughter, that sort of thing. So I know it was a long answer, but I'm, I'm, I'm for no, I, I love that. Healthy. My husband is a grass-fed cattle rancher. You know, we live here oh, in wow. Texas. Uh-huh. And, um, and so that's what we do. And very much the same, you know, very, very much an environmentalist in the way that he, you know, has regard for the earth and for uh, and for the beast as the there's a Bible verse that says that and just you know really just the respect that goes into that for um, for taking care you know being a good steward of, of God's creation and the animals and such but yeah so we we eat a lot of beef around here a lot of grass fed beef I, I, I believe you um, okay, one other uh, kind of foodie, Bible foodie question. So do you eat pork and shellfish? I do not. You do not. Okay. No, no and, and, here, and here's why. So, and I'll, I'll try and keep this one shorter. So, you know, pork and shellfish um, are, they're, I mean, p pork, they, they're, they're big carers of parasites. In fact, this is an interesting story. My cousin went and, and hunted wild boar in college. Uh, he was my roommate, actually, and he came back, and after eating it, he started getting all these, I mean, he was eating it almost every day for, for a month, and, and uh, he started getting all these yellow pus-filled sort of lesions on his back, and it was from pork. He had a parasite, and I've worked with thousands of patients over the year. I've had many with parasites. Pork is the number one cause of parasites in most people uh, by consuming that. I mean, also water in, in foreign countries, but pork is the biggest carrier as an animal of parasites, and so it really is not healthy meat period. Uh, also, shrimp, if you go and look at the medical studies, which I've done, they're known as the, uh, you know, the, the scavengers of the ocean, and they're really high in a compound called dioxins and other chemicals. In fact, they're known as the dirtiest seafood. They are, they are worse than any farm fish. They're the, dirt, they're, they're the most toxic. So, so listen, wh whether you're looking at today's research or the Bible, and here's the other thing, I don't believe we are held to uh, you know, where, where back then, you know, God had a certain bar for what we ate in terms of saying, hey, don't eat pork, don't eat shellfish, don't eat, you know, don't eat, uh, you know, reptiles and all that thing. And so I, I, I think, you know what, w we can eat those things into a degree. Maybe it's not the same repercussions or whatever, but I will say this, it, it didn't go all of a sudden that food became healthy. It wasn't like, oh, mm -hmm. it, was, it was healthy and, and or it wasn't healthy and now it's healthy. No, I think it actually has the same effect on our body. And I think it's still completely wise to follow those principles of not eating those things. But um, it, it, it's, um, yeah, they're, they're, they're definitely not healthy foods. You just made a lot of bacon lovers really sad. Well, you know, here's what Chelsea and I do now. We started going to Whole Foods. We get beef bacon and order beef bacon online. Beef bacon is amazing. It's one of the best things ever. Or, I mean, people, I love turkey bacon too. It's, of course, not as close to pork, but you want something close to pork bacon that I think tastes even better, just a little different, is, is beef bacon. So people could try that if they want. I know. We've been trying to get our processor to make 
bacon from our cattle. I don't know what the deal is, but I've got to we got to push that a little harder because that would be fantastic to oh, have yeah. that. Um, okay, awesome. I've been dying to ask you those questions, so thank you for <laughs> answering them. And yeah. um, before we go, a couple more things. I always ask my guests um, the anchor questions, and the first one is. What is your anchor meal, which is kind of your go-to healthy meal that you have over and over, always have the ingredients on hand? I mean, every morning, I'll just share, I do a superfood smoothie, and it's three ingredients for the most part. It is one cup of coconut milk, one cup of berries. I do a lot of blueberries and strawberries and raspberries, and then one uh, scoop of a bone broth protein powder or a collagen protein powder, powder, typically like a vanilla flavor. And that's what I do. I mean, sometimes I'll throw a handful of spinach in there or a green superfood powder, a little bit of cinnamon. And so I'll throw some other superfoods in there too, but really those three core ingredients, and then you can add in a few more things if you like or not. But I mean, that is such a healing smoothie. You're getting healthy fats from the coconut milk. You are getting all those antioxidants and nutrients from the berries and fiber there. And then you're getting all of that collagen, which is probably the most important supplement we could take today for our gut and our skin, hair, and nails and reducing inflammation. You're getting that in that scoop. So, and I start every morning, you know what, how I start every morning, Chelsea, is I start every morning doing my spiritual triathlon. I spend 10 minutes in gratefulness and just going on a prayer walk. I go outside and I just lift my hands and praise God and just tell him everything I'm grateful for. I spend 10 minutes reading my Bible or a devotional and then I spend 10 minutes in prayer or sort of meditating. Like if I read 1 Corinthians 13, I'll start meditating and thinking through, okay, you know, love is patient, love is kind. It does not envy, it does not boast. And I'll just be thinking about, okay, if I've been kind to everybody this week, is there somebody I need to go and actually have an act of kindness to? And so, but, but I do that every morning and then I have my superfood smoothie and starting my day that way is, is just for me. I mean, it just really, you know, fuels my, my day, my week. And, um, you know, allows me to be my best and grow closer to God. A spiritual triathlon. I love that. Um, well, that's a good segue to the next question, which is the, what, it, what would you consider your anchor verse, whether it's a, a, just your favorite Bible verse or one that you're specifically leaning into right now? You, you know, what I actually, the Bible verse I've been really, I have several I've been reading lately, but the biggest one I'll say is probably, probably Romans 12, uh, one and two. I mean, this, this is one I love. And it says, uh, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and pleasing to God. Let this be your spiritual act of worship. Do not conform anymore to the patterns of this world, which also I think patterns could be culture. Do not conform anymore to the culture of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your minds. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good pleasing and perfect will. And the thing I love about this verse, uh, Chelsea, is, is that we're living in a world today where you've got a very politically charged environment. And we also live in an environment where the culture is trying to tell us what's good, what's bad, how to live our lives. They're trying to tell us what we should think about marriage and about the sanctity of family and life and all these things. And you know what? We got to, we got to, we got to go to the Bible on this. You know, we got to go to people that are uh, very spiritually mature and listen to them on this and not let the culture tell us. And so for myself, Chelsea and I, we pray together regularly. We read our Bibles every day. We're reading spiritual books and making sure that, Hey, we're acting in loving kindness. We're here to bring heaven to earth. You know, we're, we're focused on those things. We're focused on loving God, loving people and making, uh, you know, bringing heaven to earth. 
And, uh, and again, this verse kind of helps me anchor in that and think about, it. I'm not gonna be influenced by the culture. I'm going to stay plugged into God. Even I'll give you an example on Instagram. I went and deleted because it's my business account too, to a degree. But I get on there and I had people in my business follow some people that, you know, like are in the fitness industry and posting pics. I'm like, I, you know, th that's not healthy for anyone to post or look at. And so I literally went and deleted almost everybody. Right now I follow kind of three accounts or three main types of accounts. I follow health accounts where I can learn about good nutrition and that sort of thing. I follow accounts of uh, that quote Bible verses, you know, so I, I quote, I follow a lot of pastors and in Bible verse accounts. And then I've, I actually focus, I love leadership. And so I focus on and follow people like John Maxwell and Mike Hyatt and Simon Sinek and these people that have leadership quotes. But literally I have those three accounts, those three different types of accounts I follow and everyone else I deleted. Um, so if I do am on social media, I'm really just looking at things that are uh, inspiring and bringing me close to closer to God. Yeah, staying in alignment and just really, you know, keeping the company that's going to keep you focused on on the Lord and, and being your best self and, and not dragging you down. I do the same thing. I just I cannot I don't have time to be dragged down by all this drama. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> For right. sure. Oh, my gosh. It's been such a pleasure to talk to you. Um, I'm so excited for people to get this book again. It's such a great resource. It comes out on February the 2nd, and I assume it can be found everywhere, correct? Yeah, yeah. it's in bookstores nationwide. And uh, But specifically, I think, you know, um, if people want it quick, they can just go to Amazon.com and just search Dr. Axe Ancient Remedies. I want to mention this too, just real quick, Chelsea, is that sure. like, I, this is the book I'm most proud of and most excited about. We, we, the reviews have been so good. We had um, Dr. Oz um, rarely ever writes book endorsements. In fact, getting him to write a book endorsement is usually really hard. I just you know, brought it up to him. He's like, man, I love the idea for the book. He wrote an endorsement. So again, we had Doc, Dr. Oz, our, our friend, Olympic gymnast. Um, Sean Johnson East, a lot of people have read the book and just raving about it. So the thing I love about the book is people are going to learn. It's actually simple and easy, I think, but it's also you get a personalized plan in there for you once you take the quiz. You're going to learn so much just great nutritional information, but also it's a reference. You can go back time and time and time again. In fact, I had a few people saying after they read it, hey, I'm going to buy you know a few and give these away to friends and family and people I know that are in the natural health and just bless them you know, in, 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 in that way. So anyways, I'm super excited about it. And it just, it releases, you know, uh, I think tomorrow or the next day. So anyways, people can order it today and it'll be in your house in probably just a couple days if they go to amazon.com. But yeah, you can find it, find it anywhere. And uh, I'm glad you got the book and excited to hear what you think too yeah I loved it I um I was I got an advanced copy I was so excited and so I uh like I said I, there was it's so jam-packed with information it's wonderful and um you can I will use it as a reference guide like I said um you know if you have a specific issue or condition you know allergies or something you're dealing with you can you can look right up and it it tells you exactly what to do dosages everything which I really I really dig that. So um, loved it. And um, yeah, I encourage everybody to to take a look. It's it's great. And I think a lot of people just don't, they want to take a more holistic approach. People want that, but they, they don't know how to do it. And, in, and unless you have something that really tells you specifically, it's just too easy to go grab your ibuprofen or whatever it is. You know, if you don't, if you don't have something else, uh, another resource guide right there to tell you what to do. Um, and so this will, and so you can get ready if you have a certain condition get the recommended um, supplements and, and load up your diet to uh, support your health and 
it's all right there. Very, very cool. So where can everybody find you? I know just draxx.com yeah. is, is that's pretty much where you yeah. are and Dr. Yeah. Axe across social media. Yeah, yeah, you can find me on draxx.com or hey, if you're looking for a certain health, like if, if somebody's struggling with a health condition, obviously I cover almost all of them in the new book so they can find it there. But yeah, you can search me online, Dr. Josh Axe. And, um, but and yeah, it's just Dr. Josh Axe at, on Instagram and Facebook. And yeah, everybody can, can find me there. And by the way, for anybody who orders the book, reads the book, hey, go on my social media pages. I'd love to hear what you've thought about the book, your favorite thing from it as well. And excited to hear what, uh, what everybody thinks and, and the, you know, if anybody has a breakthrough from it. Good deal. Well, thank you again for taking the time. I really appreciate you being here. It's been such a pleasure. And like I said, I do thank you for um, so being being so bold in your faith and sharing that in your work. It, it truly was an um, encouragement for me to do the same. Well, awesome. Well, uh, again, it was an honor to be on with you, Chelsea. Thanks for all that you do. And uh, again, yeah, thanks for uh, having me as a guest. All right, my friends. Well, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week and I will talk to you soon. Remember that my mom is an awesome nutritionist, but she's not a doctor. The information in this podcast is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent disease. Always talk to your doctor before making changes to your nutrition or exercise program. Thanks for listening. Have a healthy and blessed week.